Welcome to the good old days of radio show. This is John Tefteller, your twice-weekly host. This is our Tuesday program, Drama, Variety, and Comedy. And today we're going to do comedy, a very uh, (laughs) more personal type of comedy. If you are married, either as a husband or a wife, you will find some things to potentially relate to in what we're going to do here. If you're not married, hmm, this may make you consider whether you want to be married or not. The show is called The Bickersons, and... um, (laughs) As the title implies, they bicker a lot. And so this show was part of something called The Dream Show back in the late 40s. And unfortunately, most of the program, until the Bickersons come on, is not something that will hold up very well for a modern audience. And since this is vintage radio for a modern audience... I don't want to turn off my modern audience by playing the first part of this program or or any of these. So we're going to do something a little different today. Back when I first started listening to old-time radio in the early 1970s, there was a fellow named Frank Brzee. And Frank Brzee had a five-minute segment on the Roger Carroll Show on KMPC in Los Angeles every Monday through Friday at 7.05 in the evening. And Frank had five minutes on L.A. radio to capture, hold, and entertain an audience. He, the Roger Carroll show was basically a kind of a middle-of-the-road music show. But Roger Carroll was very fond of vintage radio and a good friend of Frank Brzee's. And he decided, this is 1971 now, very early for radio show collecting, Roger decided to give Frank a five-minute segment in which he could pull out some little bits of pieces of vintage radio shows that he thought at the time would appeal to that modern audience of 1971. And Frank was very good at it. He knew how to pull just the right three to five minutes out of any radio show and make it entertaining for that modern audience of 1971. So I'm kind of copying Frank here in a way. I'm going to do a full 10-minute, I think it's about 10 minutes, Bickerson segment from one of the early dream shows, and then we'll do another one, and then we'll do another one. So within our half hour or so allotted time for this podcast, you will get three separate Bickerson skits. Not the entire dream show, which will put you to sleep and send you off to listen to Joe Rogan or somebody else, but uh, <laughs> you get the best of it. You get the, the Bickersons. Donna Michi and Francis Langford play the husband and wife couple, the Bickersons. Donna Michi was a famous movie actor. Not super famous, but he had a, a decent career. And Francis Langford was a very famous popular female singer in the mid-40s. There's a comedy writer for the Danny Kay show named Phil Rapp, who came up with the characters of John and Blanche Bickerson and debuted them on this dream, it's called Dreen, as in Dreen Shampoo, which doesn't exist anymore, but uh, the Dreen Shampoo show, they tested out these 10-minute segments early on, and then eventually, I think around the early 50s, there was an actual half-hour Bickerson's radio show. I don't have any of those. I don't even know if they exist. But the ones I have and the ones I've heard are all from the Dream Show in 1947-48. So here we go with Bickerson's episode number one. Uh, This one from, I think, 
January 5th, 1947, if I am correct. I think that's correct. So uh, here we go. And now, Don Amici and Francis Langford as John and Blanche Bickerson with Danny Thomas as Brother Amos in The Honeymoon Is Over. The Bickersons have retired. Mrs. Bickerson tosses restlessly while her husband, John, victim of an obscure type of insomnia which manifests itself in constant and instantaneous sleep, exhibits the following symptoms of the dread disease. Listen. Well, I'm just not going to stand it another minute. John! John! Sit up! Come on, sit right straight upright. Take off that sleep shade. What's the matter, Blanchard? You're making me a nervous wreck with that snoring. I haven't closed my eyes all night. There must be something you can take to stop it. Stop what? Your snoring. Oh, it's just your imagination. I never snore. John Bickerson! How you can have the audacity to... John! John! If you weren't snoring just then, what were you doing? Well, how do I know, Blanche? I was sleeping. Well, that kind of sleep is no good for you. Well, I love it. It doesn't leave you rested. I hope you haven't forgot that you start work at a new job tomorrow morning. Mm. Your last one, you gave up because you were wide, weren't wide awake Blanche, enough. I didn't give up my old job. You quit for me. It's a good thing I did. You weren't making enough anyway. Well, the new job pays less. I know, but the hours are longer. <laughs> uh, what kind of reasoning do you call that? Well, there's more time to advance yourself. You'd do a lot better, John, if you patterned yourself after my brother Amos. I hate your brother Amos. At least he's a go-getter. Well, then why doesn't he go get a job? <laughs> he doesn't need to. Amos is a shrewd businessman. He can get things from people. Uh, he got plenty from me, all right. You're just jealous. He makes good everywhere he goes. Even in the army, he worked himself up to a field marshal. He worked himself up to a buck private. You know very well we got word that they made him a field marshal. He was a private and he was court-martialed, not field <laughs> Well, what's the difference? Court-martial, field marshal. Uh... Did you set the alarm clock? Yes, I set the alarm clock. What time did you set it for? Mm. I wanted you to give yourself plenty of time. And from now on, you're going to eat breakfast with me before you leave. Okay. When you get it ready, just call me downstairs. Get what ready? Breakfast. It won't hurt you to prepare breakfast for both of us. Leo Goosby does it all the time. He brings it to glory on a tray. Blanche, why don't you let me sleep? Well, I like that. I don't let you sleep. You can say that again. It's your own snoring that wakes me up and makes me wake you to stop it so you can get enough sleep so you won't be tired from sleeping the way you do. You can't say that again. <laughs> well, don't mix me up. I'm the one who never sleeps. I'm worried right now for fear you won't get up in time to go to work. I'll get up in time. I can dress fast. Your shirts aren't back from the laundry. Well, then I'll wear the one I wore today. You will not. You wear a clean one if you have to wash and iron it yourself. <laughs> okay. You say it now, but you won't do it. I will. You'd better do it now. Get up and wash your shirt. <laughs> what? Go on. Get up and wash your shirt. Blanche, are you out of your mind? It's almost four o'clock in the morning. Well, by the time you get through with the shirt, you can start making breakfast. I never heard of such a thing. You know how I have to wrestle myself to sleep, and when I finally do, you lie there just waiting to wake me up like some 
Some jungle-prowling alligator. Alligators don't prowl in the jungle. Well, what do I care? You'd wash your shirt quick enough if you were going to see Gloria Gooseby. I don't need a shirt to see Gloria Gooseby. I believe that. Now, don't you start trapping me into saying things again. With that kind of bait, you'd be trapped every time, brother. Oh, Gloria Gooseby. I wish I'd never seen the woman in my life. So do I. You're not the same person you used to be, John. What's the matter now? Whenever you're alone with me, you just sit and mope. I don't mope at all. I'll bet you're sorry you married me. I am not. You never say you're happy. Well, I feel very happy. Well, then why don't you say it? I'm the happiest man in the world! (laughs) Now, are you satisfied? No, there's something missing, John. All our friends have such fun. With their children, I mean. The Goosebys have a baby. The Flafters have a baby. And yesterday, the Marvins had a baby. Everybody has a baby. Blanche, it's four o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Such a beautiful little thing. Weighed eight and a half pounds. That's wonderful. They haven't decided on a name yet. Mm. I wonder if I could think of... (laughs) I've got it. John, John, mm, mm. wake up. I thought of a good name. Go to sleep. I've thought of a bad one. I'll phone them in the morning. Did you pull the stopper out of the alarm clock? Mm-hmm. Did you set it for six? Seven. That won't give you enough time. You have to be at work by nine. Plenty of time. I can leave here at 8.15. There's no train after seven. I don't need a train. I'm driving. I'm afraid you'll have to take the train. I'm taking my car. <laughs> it isn't here. Is too. It's in the garage. No, it isn't. I lent it to Amos. Well, then I'll take. You what? I lent your car to Amos. He wanted to go to the race. Blanche, no, no, you couldn't. Not my car. Don't get so excited. He promised to bring it back Tuesday. Tuesday? It's a new car. He can't drive. He hasn't even got a license. Why did you do that? Well, he wanted to go to the racetrack, and he'd have to get up so early if he took the train. But it's all right for me to take a train, huh? It's all right for me to go without sleep. And I'm going to work, not the racetrack. Well, Amos has a chance of making a lot more money than you. I'll look, Blanche. Maybe you wouldn't have to go to work either if you'd get friendlier with Amos. I'll play. He meets the right kind of people and always manages to figure out some money-making scheme, and he's bound to be a millionaire. Then why does he keep borrowing from me? If you're foolish enough to lend him things, you shouldn't complain. Go to sleep. Go to sleep, she tells me. Sleep. I waited four years for that car. Never even had my hands on the wheel. And she gives it to that irresponsible maniac. Tomorrow morning, I'll have the pleasure of opening my garage door and not finding my beautiful car. You won't find the garage door either. Why not? Amos knocked it off as he was backing out. Oh! The garage is too narrow anyway. Go to sleep, John. Oh, what are you, what are you going to do with a woman like that? This is too much. Hmm. car is too narrow. Hmm. Never be able to sleep again as long as I... John, get up Okay, okay Feels like I didn't sleep at all How do you shut this darn thing off? Where's the stopper? Put down the alarm clock, it's the phone Oh, oh, I knew it couldn't be the alarm Because I just... Oh! Put the lights on The lights are on, you've got the pillowcase on your head Oh Where am I? Hello Jacko, this is Amos Drop dead! <laughs> No, no, wait, Amos, Amos. Yeah? Where, uh, where are you? Where, where, where's my car? Can you stand the shock, Jocko? Oh, no. no. Hey, you know that thousand you lent me? Well, I went to the track and I got to worrying about it, see? So I made a few bets for you. 
I got $300 for you. Honest? You won that much? Oh, no, I lost. But, but the $300? Well, I was so worried about losing that I ran your car into a truck. And I sold it on the spot to a junk man. Oh, Amos, Amos, you didn't. Oh, yeah, I'll bring you the money in the morning. So long, Jacko. Amos, Amos. It's the end of the world. Turn off the lights, Blanche. I'm weak. Let me get back in bed. Why should one man have so much trouble? Oh! 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 Right in the mouth. Oh! John, did you hurt yourself? What's the difference? I was going to have these two teeth pulled anyway. Good night, Blanche. All right, that was Bickerson's episode one. Uh, we're going to do another segment from the next show, which I believe is February 23rd, 1947. So here's one more Bickerson skit, and then there'll be one more, and that'll be our show for the day. And now Don Amici and Francis Langford as John and Blanche Bickerson with Danny Thomas as Brother Amos in The Honeymoon is Over. The Bickersons have retired. Mrs. Bickerson lies rigid but awake in the darkness as poor husband John, victim of an obscure type of insomnia that prevents other people from sleeping, exhibits the telltale symptoms of his dread affliction. Listen. It may be funny to him, but it's not to me. John! John! Cut it out! Cut it out, Blanche. I'll lose my mind if you don't stop that giggling. What's the matter with you? What's the matter, Blanche? You sound like a tickled schoolgirl. What are you dreaming of? Tickling schoolgirls. John! What? What? What'd you say, Blanche? I simply won't stand it another night. Living in this house is becoming unbearable. Let's move. John, I swear I'm at my wit's end. How long do you think a person can go without sleep? I've been doing it for five years. John Pickerson, we've been married for five years. Amazing coincidence. <laughs> good night. Don't you good night me, you, you big sleeping pill. Why don't you have some consideration for me? Well, what do you want me to do, Blanche? When you were sick last year, did I say that? Didn't I sit up all hours of the night nursing you? Didn't I? Yes, you did. And what was my reward? I got sicker. <laughs> Sure, you can afford to be sarcastic now. You feel fine. I want to sleep. It's two o'clock, Blanche. You don't remember how I catered to you every minute. When the doctor said not to let you have anything cold, didn't I give you all the ice water you wanted? You sure did. Almost killed me. That's gratitude. Well, I didn't expect anything else from you. You don't love me, do you, John? Oh, of course I do. Just because I don't say it every five minutes doesn't mean that I don't love you. Tell the truth, John. If... If anything happened to me, would you marry again? Never, never again. <laughs> well, you don't have to sound so vehement. Well, if I said it any softer, you'd say I didn't sound convincing. I don't know, Blanche. I just wish you'd let me sleep. I keep thinking how nice it was before we were married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were so different then. You used to plead with me for a little kiss. Now you don't even think of it. Why? A mouse in a trap loses his taste for cheese. Very funny. Oh, you're so funny, John Bickerson. Well, I'm tired, and I have to get up early tomorrow. You just won't understand, will you? 
There are none so blind as those who will not see. Yeah. The one time I expected you to break down and offer me comfort, and, and you fail me. What? It's all right. I'll, I'll struggle through it alone. It won't be long, and when the time arrives, I, I don't even want to see you near me. What are you talking about? I'll go to the hospital by myself. You can sleep right through it. Blanche. Blanche, are, are you... Are you... Hasn't Dr. Marvin told you, John? Nobody told me. What? 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 What is it? I'm going to have my tonsils out. <laughs> your tonsils? What do you need to have your tonsils out for? You never have sore throats. Your tonsils never bothered you before. You never even knew you had tonsils. Dr. Marvin said it would help my disposition. Have them out, by all means. <laughs> I don't think I will, after all. Okay, don't. Good night. The only reason I was going to do it is because I thought I'd get a good night's sleep. Okay, do it. Why should I suffer through an operation? You're the one who keeps me awake. Why don't you do it? Do what? Have your tonsils out. <laughs> okay, I'll have them out next week. You say it, but you won't do it. Have them out now. <laughs> what? Go on, get up and call Dr. Marvin. Let him pull your tonsils out. Blanche, are you insane? It's half past two in the morning The hospital stays open all night Go on, let him pull your tonsils out I haven't got any tonsils I had them out when I was nine Well, you need some new ones by now Let him put some in <laughs> Oh, this is awful You're deliberately trying to keep me awake You know I have to get up early and go to work Oh, don't make your job sound so important You take a day off, nothing will happen No, nothing will happen Except I lose a day's pay I need all the money I can get I've got to make a payment on the car tomorrow where will you get that? I've got it. There's $84 locked in the desk drawer. 60 84 I looked yesterday. You didn't look today. <laughs> There's only 60 What happened to the other $24? Don't look at me, John. Blanche, there are only two people who have a key to that drawer. You and I, and there's $24 missing. Well, we'll each put back $12 and say no more about it. <laughs> How do you like that? Blanche, what did you do with that $24? I spent it. I bought some perfume. Perfume? $24 worth? How could you carry that much? <laughs> Don't be silly. It was only a half-ounce bottle, and I got it wholesale. It's the newest thing. Very daring. It's called Perhaps. Perhaps. For $24, they should give you positively. <laughs> well, I can't understand. understand why you throw my money away on junk like that. It isn't junk and you like it. How do you know? Because it's the same kind Gloria Gooseby uses. I hate Gloria Gooseby. Well, you're always sniffing around her. <laughs> uh, don't you start with that woman. You're the one who started it. I'd like to spend one night in this bedroom without Gloria Gooseby. Just one night. <laughs> she just douses herself with that perfume. That's how she catches all the men, the hussy. She's not a hussy and she doesn't need perfume to catch me. I mean, I mean, I can't stand inside of Gloria Gooseby. But you like the way she smells. I hate the way she smells. I don't see how Leo can live with him. I wish they'd both drop dead. Now, either let me go to sleep or I won't go to work in the morning. Don't go to work. See if I care. You'd have lost the day's pay anyway if I hadn't torn up that summons. What summons? For you to serve on a jury. Why, you can't tear those things up. If I get a jury notice, I have to report. Why? Why? Because that's the law. You can't tear up any court order. I tore up the traffic citation. What traffic citation? The traffic citation they gave me to go to court in front of the jury that you were supposed to serve on, but I tore up the notice. 
Oh, Blanche, Blanche, you'll, you'll have us both in jail. Well, that's where my brother Amos is. Amos? What has he got to do with this? Well, I was taking a driving lesson. Oh, Blanche, I... no! Not in my new car! It's never been out of the garage! Well, it's out now. I took a driving lesson and paid the instructor $5 an hour, and... Who and... was the instructor? It was Amos, wasn't it? It was. I know it was Amos. I never even took the wheel. Amos was driving, and we, were, we suddenly saw this other car careening toward us at 100 miles an hour. Yes. Amos didn't have much time, but by an amazing piece of quick thinking, he managed to meet him head on. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. It's a funny thing. Nobody got hurt. Not even the policeman. What policeman? In the other car. Now, now look, Blanche. Amos started to ball them out about driving in the wrong lane, and they had some silly excuse about a police car having the right of way. Blanche. And Amos got mad and hit one of the cops with a wrench. Blanche, and... where is my car? It's on Hill Street between 5th and 8th. Fifth and eight. That's three blocks apart. That's where the car is. <laughs> About three blocks apart. Or it was. They took some of it away to the police pound. Some of it? <laughs> well, I don't care. I'm insured. I'm just happy they got that Amos in jail. They can't do anything to him. Oh, they can't, huh? That's reckless driving and resisting an officer. They can wrap him up good. They can't do a thing about his driving, and you know it, John. Why not? Because he doesn't have a license. Oh, 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 that's different They'll only add another five years I hope they give him life John, why do you despise my poor brother so? Because I hate him And don't you dare ask me to help him, Blanche Well, the least you can do is help me I have to go to court, too Well, it serves you right Go on, testify against me Get me locked up in jail Oh, nobody's gonna lock you up in jail Let them put me on bread and water you won't feel so good when I walk that last mile when they slip my pants leg. Blanche! Why don't you get me a reprieve, John? Oh, stop it! They're not going to do anything to you. Now go to sleep. Go to sleep, he tells me. My poor brother's in jail. My own husband's going to testify against me. Go to sleep. How can I sleep? I'll never... How can he be so heartless? Hello. Where's the phone, Blanche? I've got it. Hello? Blanche, this is Amos. I'm still in jail. Wait, Amos, I'll get John. Talk to him, John. Sure. Hello. Jocko? Drop dead. <laughs> oh, listen, you gotta come down and spring me. This is the first call they let me make. Drop dead. Don't be sorry, Jocko. I'm in an awful jam. I I'm in a tank here with 50 other bums. Drop dead. But I got money enough to pay for all the damage. I think I even got enough for the bail bond. Get me out, will you, Jocko? Drop dead. I swear I'll pay you. I got plenty of dough. I, I started a crab game here and won over $400. Dropped $400? Amos, are you loaded? No, but the dice were. <laughs> hey, come down and spring me, will you, Jocko? Well, I'm going to think about it, Amos. Right now, I'll leave you with two words. Yeah, well, what's that? Drop dead! <laughs> now I can sleep. Please, John, dear, get my brother out of jail. Well, I'll think about it. I'll do anything for you, John. Please bail him out. Pour me a shot of bourbon, Blanche. Are you sure you wouldn't like a double shot, dear? Just a single. Thanks. Ah, wonderful stuff. I promise I'll never wake you up again, darling. And will you forget all about Gloria Gooseby? Forever. Just get Amos out of that nasty jail. Well, we can't do anything about it until morning anyway. In the meantime, I think I'll get a good night's sleep. Certainly, dear. Are you comfortable? Perfect. Just perfect. Snore to me, John. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, that was episode two of our Bickerson's Marathon for the day. We have one more. The third one will be the program from March 16th, 1947. And again, this is the the excerpt, not the full program. There were full Bickerson shows. And if we get a good response to these, maybe we'll play some complete full episodes of just John and Blanche arguing for a half an hour. Uh, (laughs) We'll see. In the meantime, also notice Danny Thomas on there. For those who know who Marlo Thomas is, married to Phil Donahue, etc. Marlo Thomas is quite elderly now, but her father was Danny Thomas, who started uh, St. Jude's Hospital in Memphis, but was also known as a comedian and uh, had a famous TV show in the 60s, Make Room for Daddy, etc., etc. So Danny Thomas, this is some of his early radio stuff. But the real stars of the show are Don Amici and Francis Langford. So here we go with March 16th, 1947. And now Don Amici and Francis Langford as John and Blanche Bickerson in The Honeymoon is Over, written by Phil Rapp. The Bickersons have retired. Mrs. Bickerson lies tense and awake in the darkness as poor husband John, victim of a rare type of insomnia which keeps the patient in a complete lethargy for eight hours at a time, offers valid proof of his agonizing affliction. Listen. going on since nine o'clock. <laughs> oh, please, not that again. John! John! Quit it! Quit it, Blanche. John! There must be something that'll put a stop to that hideous snoring. Why do you do it? Do what, Blanche? Snore. Hmm. Snore. Okay. <laughs> John! I'm going out of my mind. For years, you've been telling people you've got insomnia. And you're not only sleep like a log, but you sound like you're, sno- you're sawing it. Very funny. It isn't funny, it's tragic. There's the clock again. Two o'clock. I've counted that thing chime 45 times since we went to bed, and I still haven't slept. Well, how do you expect to sleep? You're going to lie there counting chimes. <laughs> Throw the darn clock out. It's keeping me awake, too. You wouldn't wake up if we had Big Ben in the room. Big Ben who? <laughs> the house could fall down, and you'd never know it. Oh, that's not true, Blanche. You know I'm a very light sleeper. Light sleeper. About an hour ago, we had the worst thunderstorm I ever heard, and you never even budged. Well, why didn't you wake me? You know I can't sleep when it's thundering. I'm a nervous wreck. I've got crow's feet around my eyes. My forehead's all wrinkled. My chin is sagging. I'm beginning to look like an old hag. It's true, isn't it? I wouldn't say that. Why not, John? I'll be awake for the rest of the night. You do think it's true, though, don't you? What's true? I'm beginning to look like an old hag. You are not beginning to look like an old hag. (laughs) Why do you emphasize beginning? 
All right. You're not beginning to look like an old hag. That sounds even worse. Well, how do you want me to say it? Say I look beautiful. Okay, I look beautiful. <laughs> Good night. Oh, I don't know how a man could be so cruel. Is it any wonder I'm getting old before my time? What time is it? <laughs> it's after two o'clock and I haven't slept a wink. Well, go to sleep. You can't stand the side of me, can you, John? I can stand it fine. Before we were married, you used to say such beautiful, poetic things. You don't anymore. Oh, well, Blanche, how do you expect me to feel poetic at two o'clock in the morning? You used to feel that way at three o'clock before we were married. <laughs> say something poetic. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great Oh, stop it. You're just trying to irritate me now. Well, what do you want me to say? You know what I want you to say. Okay. Blanche, when I look into your eyes, time stands still. Are you satisfied? No. Well, why not? That might also mean I have a face that would stop a clock. <laughs> well, if the shoe fits, wear it. I want to get some sleep. You're not going to make me believe I'm hideous and ugly, John Pickerson. Huh. It isn't so long ago I won a beauty contest in my hometown. Long enough. I never hear you tell any of your friends about it Oh, Blanche, a man can't go around telling his friends That his wife was Miss Clam Harbor Lighthouse in 1931 You make it sound as though I were the only girl in the contest What about my sister, Clara? What about her? Plenty, you won it, didn't you? I'd like to hear you talk that way about Gloria Gooseby Oh, now, don't start with Gloria Gooseby The way you drool every time you look at her, you'd think she was Miss America I don't drool when I see anybody I hate Gloria Gooseby Then why do you keep inviting her here to dinner? I didn't invite her, you did Don't change the subject <laughs> If it weren't for the fact that her husband Leo is such a nice person I wouldn't have either of them in the house And the dinner was awful well, you cooked it, Blanche. Yes, but the thought of that horrible Gloria Gooseby coming to dinner got me all confused and it ruined everything. The minute I turned my back, the roast caught on fire and I had to throw soup on it to put it out. You should have thrown that pie on it, too. There was nothing wrong with the pie. I hate lemon meringue and you know it. It wasn't lemon meringue, it was apple pie. Well, what was that yellow stuff on top? The crust got burned and I had to put some unguentine on it. <laughs> Thank heaven I didn't eat any. No, but your girlfriend stuffed herself with four pieces, the glutton. She is not my girlfriend and quit talking about her so I can get some sleep. You wouldn't look at her twice if she didn't wear those brazen dresses. I would, too. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I don't care what she wears. It's a shame Leo is such a little mouse. Believe me, if I were Gloria Gooseby's husband, I'd show her a thing or two. Mm. Somebody ought to turn her over and give her a good spanking. Mm-hmm. I know what you're thinking, John Bickerson. I'm not thinking anything. Why don't you let me sleep, Blanche? I'm not going to stand for it much longer, John. Ugh. You keep putting on that innocent attitude, but you don't fool me. I wouldn't feel so bad, except I'm so sick I could die. What's the matter now? I'm sick. I get fainting spells all the time, and the doctor doesn't know what it is. I know I'll never recover. Oh, don't be silly. You'll recover. You've got a healthy constitution. Well, I have not. You have, too. You had pneumonia and you got well. You had the flu, you got well. You had the mumps, you got well. You've had 60 diseases and you always got well. Never saw such a healthy woman in all my life. <laughs> well, what about these fading spells? You'll recover from those, too. But if you ever get locked, Joe, you'll bust. <laughs> Why don't you faint now so I can sleep? Of all the unsympathetic, unfeeling wretches, if you ever lost me, it wouldn't mean a thing to you. Oh, wouldn't it, though? Well, you don't have to sound so eager. 
I'm not eager. I'm just sleepy. It's a good thing we don't have any children. I can just imagine what kind of a life a poor little child would have in this house. Mm. To have a father who constantly raves and rants, selfish and thoughtless. A man who can't bear the sight of his own child. What are you talking about? Me sick in bed and the poor little infant crying his, in his crib, crying his heart out for a little attention. Blanche. Why don't you feed the baby, John? <laughs> baby. John, why do you hate children so much? Because I can't bear them. <laughs> But why do you hate them? Blanche, all you want to do is keep me awake Isn't that right? You would have been asleep long ago If you hadn't kept me awake with your snoring Well, can I help it if I snore? Yes, you can Dr. Marvin tells me There's something wrong with your nasal passages Yeah He says you have a deviated septum Why don't you let him fix it? Okay, I'll have it fixed next week You say it, but you won't do it Let him fix it now What? Go on, get up and let the doctor pull out your septum Blanche, are you out of your mind? You think I'm going to let that broken-down doctor hammer on my nose at 3 o'clock in the morning? He doesn't hammer on your nose. He chisels. You can say that again. I've seen his bill. Well, you're going to have to do something. As it is, neither of us get any sleep. Why don't you have him sew up your ears? <laughs> you wouldn't argue at all if you'd just be a little nice for a minute. You've been up to something again, Blanche. What is it? I haven't been up to anything. I just want to hear you tell me you love me, that's all. Well, you know I do. You never say it. Oh, I say it all the time. <coughs> say it now. I love you. How much do you love me? How much do you need? $50. Oh, now, wait a minute, You Blanche. promised me, John. I know, but I can't give you anything extra this month. That's what you told me last month. Well, I kept my word, didn't I? <laughs> Now, what do you want $50 for? The rent. Oh, the rent is right here. It's in the cookie jar. No, it isn't. This, too. I looked there yesterday. You didn't look today. What? Now, Blanche, don't tell me you spent that money on something foolish. Oh, no. I gave it to a bookbinder. A bookbinder? What do we need with a bookbinder? Our book is in fine condition. <laughs> Not that kind of bookbinder. This man goes to the racetrack. He's a trout. <laughs> a trout? The racetrack? Blanche... Blanche, did you bet that money with a bookmaker? Put the lights on. Now, don't get excited, John. He brought back the ticket. Here. Oh, a $50 win ticket. How could you take my hard-earned money and gamble it away on a horse? I work my fingers to the bone and you squander every penny I make. You never see me betting horses. I never been to a racetrack in my life. I... What's the name of the horse? Valdina Rip. A bum. A worn-out goat that hasn't won a race since Del Mar. Oh, Blanche, why did you do it? Did he win? No, he ran second. Fifty dollars tossed away. Ugh. Why are you tearing up the ticket, John? Because it's no good. I ought to make you eat the pieces. This is the worst thing you've ever done in your life, Blanche. At least you could have played in the place. Well, don't throw the pieces away, John. What makes you so sure it's no good? Well, you played the horse to win, didn't you? Yes. And he ran second, didn't he? Yes. Well, then the ticket's worthless. Here, watch your fifty dollars go out the window there. I knew you had something on your mind. I'm sorry, John. Yeah, what's the difference? Who won the race, do you know? Yes, I heard it on the radio. Well, who won it? Disqualified. Disqualified? Yes, the announcer said the winner of the race was disqualified. Oh! Oh, I wish I was dead. Good night, John. Well, there you have it. Three little Bickerson segments. I hope you like those. Interesting fact to close out here with. Jackie Gleason 
was sued by Phil Rapp, the creator of the Bickersons, because Phil Rapp thought that the characters that became the Honeymooners were just a little bit too close to his uh, <laughs> his characters. So anyway, that uh, be something for thought. I don't know. Not quite sure. I think they're different, but the idea is along the same lines. So, all right, back on Thursday with. Uh, top 10 adventure shows and back next Tuesday with more drama, variety, and comedy. Check out the Facebook page. Comment if you wish. Vote if you like. (laughs) If you can. If you will. Be back here for another episode. Tell all your friends. Keep spreading the word. The show is continuing to expand and attract new audiences all the time and we like that so keep it up. Until uh, Thursday and next Tuesday this is John Tufteller saying goodbye. (laughs) Thank you.